Well, listen, we've been talking about a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful series on the wonderful name of Jesus. We've talked about the greatness of his name as we celebrate him. This is a season, it's amazing the stress that could come. You know, there is an enemy in this earth and he tries to steal, kill, and destroy, but he has been defeated. And we're so excited about that. And Jesus defeated him and was given a name above every name. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. I want to continue in. We talked about the greatness of his name. Last week, we started talking about trusting in his name. So in Philippians chapter 2, in verse 9 through verse 11, it tells us about his name. It says, Wherefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When Jesus was resurrected, he was given a name above every name. The name of Jesus is greater than cancer. The name of Jesus is greater than poverty and lack. The name of Jesus is greater than fear, terror, anxiety. There is not a name in this world that is greater. As a child of God, we have been given the name of Jesus so that we can walk in the victory that God has already provided for us. In Matthew 28, 18, this is Jesus speaking to people after his resurrection. He said, and Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, all power, and this word power literally meant all delegated authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. It was amazing. And then right after that, he turned around and he said, now you go in my name. We have been given the power of attorney of the name of Jesus. The Bible says where his name is, that's where he is. In the same gospel of Matthew, it says where two or more are gathered in his name, he's there in the midst. He is here this morning. And here's the cool thing. Hebrews tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So as he was moved with compassion and healed all the sick, he's still a healer today, right? He's still a deliverer today. He's still a restorer today. There's a quote that we've said from a minister who's went on to be with the Lord, but he made this statement about the name of Jesus. All he was, all he did, all he is, and all that he will ever be is in his name. At the name of Jesus, sickness has to bow. Poverty and lack has to bow. Depression, anxiety, fear, panic attacks have to bow to the name of Jesus. Isn't that good news? This is why as a child of God, we walk in victory because we know he never leaves us and he's greater than anything we'll ever face. 
Oh, there were a lot of prophecies about the birth of Jesus. I mean, just 300, there's 333 different prophecies about his birth, life, death, and resurrection. All completely fulfilled in his life. Mathematicians tell us that's a mathematical impossibility. But I've got news for you. There's, over, there's twice that many. Over 600 prophecies about his second coming. Jesus is coming and he's not coming as the Lamb of God. He's coming as the King of kings and Lord of lords. But I got to tell you, for us living here, you have to know that God is good all the time. God, he's not, he's not out to get you. He doesn't allow things in your life because he wants to teach you things. The Bible's very clear. He teaches us through his word. It is the enemy. In John 10.10, it's the dividing line of the Bible. John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief, talking about Satan, he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But then Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life. And that's the Greek word zoe. It literally means the eternal life of God. He came to give you life. And then he said, and that more abundantly. So I'm not a rocket scientist, but based on the Bible, if it steals, kills, or destroys, it's of the enemy. It's of Satan. If it gives you life, it's from God. In the book of James, it even clarifies it more. It says every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, and then it says something wonderful. In whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. No variableness in the Greek language. What that means is if God will do something for one, he'll do it for everyone. So if you have an example that Jesus healed one person, then healing's provided for everyone. And you could look at the four Gospels. You know there's not one time that anyone came to him and he said, no, it's not my will to heal you. Not once. Always, every promise of God, the Bible says, is yes and amen, which means so be it unto me. Isn't that good news? So in 1 John chapter 5, in verse 11 through verse 15, it really lays out a powerful truth. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, it says this, And this is the record that God hath, past tense, given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. You know, the book of Romans says, You're in Christ if the Spirit of God dwells in you. Well, guess what? When you receive Christ, His Spirit dwells in you. And it says here, eternal life, this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Now John says this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, these things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. This was written so that we which believe on the name will know that we have eternal life. Isn't that good news? 
When you have God's word on something, do you know God, God, the Bible says, he's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. That means he never changes his mind. He says, if I spoke it, I'll do it. Right? I'll bring it to pass. Do you know in the book of Titus, it goes even one step further. Not only does God not lie, in the book of Titus, it says he's the God that cannot lie. So if he said it was Monday, guess what? It would be Monday. He can't lie. The Bible says his word is forever settled in heaven. And the Bible says what comes from him, every good and every perfect gift comes from him. I'm telling you, God loves you today. And, I'm, and, and you see it. He's given you himself. Everything that he is, is in his name. When you speak the name of Jesus, he's right there in all of his power. I love that. It says here, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. That word believe means that you would be firmly persuaded, that you'd have complete faith on the name of the Son of God. It's literally in the commanded tense in the Greek. We are commanded to have faith and confidence and be firmly persuaded that what the name of God, what the name of Jesus represents is true. I'm telling you, everything must bow to the name of Jesus. I love that. And then, based on everything he said in verse 14, this is how it looks to walk this out. Because of all that he just said, he says in verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him. So knowing that we have his name, knowing that we have him, now we have confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, what is his will? His will is real simple. His will is his word. If you have his word on it, and you ask him for something that's his will, he hears you. Okay, great. But here's the thing about him. If he hears you, and we know that if he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've de desired. The King James says he desired, but it literally means required. Do you require something today? If it's his will, if you have his word on it, when you say, I believe I received that in the name of Jesus, all of heaven, the God of heaven, brings it to pass. Amen. Isn't that good news? We have confidence that if he just hears us, it kind of dispels that whole thing about, well, you know, sometimes, just like it's written in the Bible, notice they don't quote any scripture when they say this, just like it's written in the Bible, sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, Some God, sometimes God says wait. Well, and, and by waiting, it means you just got to sit there and wait. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says all the promises of God are yes in Christ, yes and in him, amen, which means so be it unto me. 
Oh, the Bible does say that we are to wait on the Lord. It says those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. But you got to look at what the word wait means. It literally means to wait in a, in, a, in a position of expectancy. Why? Because you know that if he said it, it you, you have it. Now, you might not see it yet, but you will see it. Isn't that good news? Isn't it good news to know that the Bible says for a Christian, the path of the righteous is one of increase? Isn't it good to know that my income is going to be greater in 2019 than 2018? Will it come from my job? Oh, I don't know. Doesn't it? No, no, I, I don't look to my job to provide. He's my provider. We've seen God move in our life financially um, in amazing ways, in other ways outside. But you know what? We never look to that check. As a matter of fact, that check will never be able to provide the lifestyle that God wants us to have. Do you know, even in the Bible, God talks about him being your provider. Your work is not to be your provider. Your work literally, according to the Bible, will produce, will give you seed so that you can sow it and as you sow, you increase. It's amazing how God is. He blesses your life. We know that he hears us whatsoever we ask. We know that we already have what we've asked him for. I love that. So we're talking about trust. What do I mean trusting in God? What I'm talking about is a complete trust. To be dependent on him and only him. All of my trust is in him. I am not looking to anything else. Oh, he might use people. He might use other things. He's given me some gifts, whatever. But he is my provider. He is my source. Oh, I might have a lot of different streams of things in my life. But he's my source. And I never look to anything else. Developing trust in God, according to the word of God. See, this is the road to his empowerment in your life. As you trust him, as, as you start to walk with him, that trust brings his empowerment into your life. As you trust him, he's able to come in and change things. He's able to do things in your life. He makes a way where there is no way. It's amazing. He opens doors no man can shut. He shuts doors that no man can open. I love that. It brings empowerment. See, what do we talk about with empowerment? You know the word blessed. It literally means to be empowered, to prosper. The Bible says that Christ redeemed me and you from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us as Gentiles. It's the blessing of the Lord. It empowers you to prosper. It'll empower you to prosper as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother, as a friend, as a minister. It'll empower and prosper every area of your life. Finances is just one of those areas. It's surely not the only area. See, prosperity is not really money. Prosperity is who you have. Prosperity is the fact that you walk in God, 
and with God. Isn't that awesome? He's our everything. As you develop trust in him, your faith in him will grow and develop. And this is the way it is. As you walk out God's plan for your life, you will learn through all the victory after victory after victory. You see God moving in your life. And what happens now, you, your trust in him progressively just continues to increase and your faith continues to increase. Because God, see, here's the thing. He hasn't called you to live a nice little normal life. Call me anything. Don't call me normal. Right? Well, I'm, the Bible says we as Christians, we're a peculiar people. Do you know what that means? Now, you, you've probably run into some you, where you think that word means weird. You know, Star Trek Christians boldly going where no man's gone before, right? No, we're not talking about that. Those people just need to get in the word and get out of pride and they'll be okay. We're talking about peculiar. That Greek word means that we're purchased and that we're surrounded. Wow, everywhere I go, I'm, I'm God's child. I'm in him. I'm surrounded by him. He goes in front of me. He walks beside me. He's above me and beneath me and he's behind me. Nothing that I could ever do will separate me from him. And he's greater than anything I'll ever face. So that's why I put all my trust. See, as you trust the Lord, not only will it empower you, but now it will also equip you. The gifts inside of you, see, if you don't trust him, you won't have the courage to step out and do what he wants you to do. Because I'll guarantee you, it's beyond your ability. Oh, you might, you might want to do things in your own ability. It feels comfortable. But God hasn't called you that way. He didn't call you to do anything for yourself or by yourself. It's all with him. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. I mean, you saw Garrett up here, right? Did you sense the anointing upon him? Do you know a, a, a young man his age can't do what he did? Could you feel, I mean, could you feel what I was feeling? I'm just like, this is really cool, but there's something, there's something beyond that. Do you know, as a child of God, you have a spiritual supply? When you come in here, there's, there's a spiritual supply that creates an environment for the Holy Spirit to move. Everywhere you go, the kingdom of God goes. You're to be a light in this world. God has called you to be courageous and bold in him. But it comes from knowing him. I expect to be blessed. Why? Because I trust him. And this is how trust in him is expressed out of your life. You'll always know if you're trusting him. Because you are at rest. You've stopped trying to figure it out. You're literally just at rest. You already know that you have what you've asked him for. You already know it's all done. Even though you can't see it, it doesn't feel like it. It's all done in your life. And you simply are just looking down on the inside of you, going, okay, what do you want me to do? Oh, the enemy, he will yell and scream and all this stuff to try to drive you to do things. But oh, the Holy Spirit will just slowly lead you into life. The Bible says he leads you into all the truth. He wants to lead you 
into places and gifts that he's placed in you, a depth of gifting that he's placed in you to cause you to leave eternal, eternal results, bear eternal fruit on this earth. I love that. So trust is expressed in rest. And trusting God will always bring continuous victory into your life. I love the word of God because it says that our Father always causes us to triumph in Christ. Well, the triumph is actually the party after the victory. Why? Because the battle's already his. Do you know every battle that you will come into in your life that you see in this natural realm has already been won? I said this in church last week. You know, your trial, your storm, whatever you're in right now, it has an expiration date. Oh, and I've got to tell you, though, even though it might not feel like it's fun, the expiration date's not in front of you. The expiration date was 2,000 years ago. You won that battle 2,000 years ago, so you are coming out. You're not staying in this. It's not going to take you out. You'll be victorious if you'll but trust him. Isn't that good news? See, many say they believe God. God wants to move you to where you really trust him. Many say they're trusting God when they're just hoping things work out. Listen, with God, it's already worked out. So now, who you are in Christ, when you trust him, when you give him the mess that you created, he'll fix it. He'll make crooked places straight for you. He'll open doors. See, I love this principle in the word of God. You cannot tell by looking at where a person is at based on all their past failures. You can't tell where they will end up. I mean, it makes no sense that a crack addict, a convicted felon, a criminal, a murderer is in a pulpit today preaching. I know, I know a minister that, what did he do? He was in the Texas correctional system for killing a Texas state trooper. He was running drugs and he killed him. In, in his, there was no hope for parole. Do you know he was pardoned? He has no criminal record today. He's been preaching for 30 years. That makes no sense to people. As I'm standing here, I was made the very righteousness of Almighty God. Simply all I had to do was believe him. I could never be good enough for that. Right? I mean, we all mess up. But Jesus took care of all that. And now he offers you, because you have eternal life abiding in your spirit, what the Holy Spirit will do is he'll draw who you are on the inside, on the outside. And here's God's will for your life, according to Romans chapter 8, to be fashioned like unto Jesus. Strong, fearless. Josephus, a secular Jewish historian who lived at the time of Christ, said, I stood before the man, Jesus of Nazareth, and I feared him more than any army. When they went to the Garden of Gethsemane to get Jesus, it says a Roman that uses the Roman term for like a garrison or a legion, it would have been 300 to 600 armed Roman soldiers to go get a rabbi. I like that. Because, you know, you watch TV and, and the pastor, 
is this little just frail, kind of weird looking guy. That, that's just not who Jesus is, right? That, that's not who we are as ministers. Man, we rip down the gates of hell and spit in Satan's face for breakfast, right? That's what we do. We must have an ongoing revelation of who God is. We must have an ongoing revelation of his word. It enables us to see. When you peer into the word of God, you'll see your victory. See, for us as a Christian, we're never led on the outside. We're not to be moved by outside things. I don't care what I see, what I feel, what I'm hearing. I don't care about that because I know what I believe. And if God said it, he will turn it to come in line with what his word says. So now I'm simply always moved on the inside. I don't let my emotions move me. I move my emotions. I don't let fear dictate my life. I realize that fear is an external thing. It's a spirit. And I have authority in the name of Jesus and I could tell it to leave. Right? So these are things you learn as you walk with him. Faith in God, confidence in God, trust in God. I've just said the same thing three different ways. This is, this is all based on our relationship with God. God wants, he just wants you to walk with him. He wants to know you. Isn't that amazing? See, the Bible says in the 23rd Psalm, it's a picture of our life on this earth. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means I won't ever lack, I won't decrease, and I won't diminish because he's my shepherd. He's the one that does everything. I come to trust God through life's circumstances as I walk in relationship with him. See, as I walk in relationship, I, I learn my trust in him grows. Isn't that amazing? I love Romans 10, 17. It says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith. What is faith? The ability to trust God. Where do you get the ability to trust God? It comes from hearing God's word. As you hear his word, because his word is full of life and power, Man, when that word gets down in your spirit and the Holy Spirit brings revelation, brings light, he opens that word to you. Now the word of God starts talking to you and that's what faith comes by when you're hearing the word of God talk to you on the inside. And in the midst of a storm, he'll say, fear not. He'll say, you're strong in me. You're going over, you're never gonna go under. You're not gonna decrease in here. Don't worry about this. You trust me, right? The word of God will tell you, listen, I don't want you to touch that in your thought life anymore. He will lead you into life. That's what he does. The ability to trust God, it comes as you gain revelation knowledge of his word. And revelation knowledge of his word only comes as the Holy Spirit reveals it. So we need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because you got to realize, it said, says in John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God is one with His Word. When you speak the Word of God in faith, it brings the power and the presence of God right on the scene to change whatever you're facing. 
Your confidence or your trust in God grows as you walk out God's plan for your life. I love that. More of him, less of me. Gets to the point where it's just you can't tell where he ends and I begin or where I end and he begins because I'm one with him. The Gospel of John says that we're one spirit with God. So I want to take you through a scripture. You know, I think I, I, I preach Sunday and then I preach Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday, and now here I am Sunday. And this scripture, I can't get away from it. Go to, go to Jeremiah 17 because it gives us a great picture of this. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. For those of you who sat in a lot of those teachings, you're going to be blessed because you're going to hear it for the third, fourth, or fifth time. It really, when you start hearing things for the 20th or 30th time, they just really start getting down inside of you. Amen? I walk around all day relying on him, speaking his word all day. Father, I thank you I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you that no weapon that's formed against me will prosper and that no man will ever be able to block me from doing your will. They'll never be able to stand before me all the days of your life. I'm above only and not beneath all day, every day. I never let the word depart out of my mouth. And what happens is I learn to trust him more and I get stronger and that anointing, I mean, it just, it's amazing. The anointing of God is the Holy Spirit. So Jeremiah 17 you guys doing okay? Yeah. You're so quiet. I feel like breaking out in tears right now. The anointing is so strong on me, so, uh, so bear with me. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man. The Bible says you're cursed if you trust in man. That means if you're trusting in your job, the world system in any way, if that's where your trust is, it, it literally, this word cursed in the Hebrew language means to be inflicted with a curse. It's as if, it, it means to bind with a spell. It's almost like you're under a spell. It, it literally means to hem you in with obstacles. See, one thing that the world system will do, if you're trusting in it, if you're trusting in man, it's going to get you to a checkmate situation eventually. Oh, things might go well for 20 or 30 years, and then all of a sudden, bang, because the whole system's designed to steal, kill, and destroy. And then it goes on to say, and makes flesh his arm, which means now you're not just trusting in man, you're trusting in yourself. It says if you're trusting in man, if you're trusting in yourself, you're cursed. It literally means, this word cursed means to render you powerless to resist. Isn't that crazy? And then it says this, this man literally, it says not only is he trusting in man or in himself, whose heart departs from the Lord. So if you're trusting in yourself, your heart is departing from God where God wants you to draw near to him all the time. Isn't that interesting? It says this man who's trusting in himself will be like a heath in the desert. This is a simile. A heath is a desert bush. It's a juniper bush. It grows in very isolated and destitute places. 
So if you're trusting in yourself, it'll lead you into being isolated and to be destitute. It says here, this person will not see when good comes, but shall inhabit parched places. See, this is parched places is a place where a lack of water keeps anything from growing. Isn't that amazing? Trusting in people, trusting in yourself, positions you in a place where no growth can happen. This is how serious this is. This is why we preach on the name of Jesus. You can trust him. This is why we hear in religious circles all the time about, you know, well, God, you know, he's going to allow this in my life. And I had one young man when I was a youth pastor in California go, yeah, God, this God thing, you know, we kind of have an agreement. I don't mess with him, so he won't mess with me. <laughs> but God is irresistible. And he wants people to know it. He wants people to know it. But then it goes on. It says, not only it, it, you'll live in a parched place in the wilderness, not in the promised land, in the wilderness, but you'll also live in a salt land. This is a land that cannot produce. And one, and a land that's not inhabited. That means there's no life. That means if you're trusting in yourself, the Bible says there's no life in it. But then it goes on to say, but blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Blessed, empowered to prosper, is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Hope is future. The Bible word hope literally means a joyous, confident expectation. So now I'm expecting good things in my future because the Lord is my future and he has nothing but good for me. Verse 8, for he'll be like a tree planted by waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. He'll be like a tree planted by waters and by a river. So now his roots go down really deep. So now all of my provision is no longer coming from the outside. It's all coming from the inside. Why? Because all of my trust is on him. I'm dependent on God and God alone. Everything. There is no plan B. Now what happens is my roots, my provision all goes in him. And I won't even see when heat comes. That means when circumstances come, they will not move me. I will live no different when the economy is going down or when it's going up. I will still prosper because my provision is not from the earth. It comes from my Father in heaven. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green. See, when you trust in the Lord, everything is fresh. Everything is new. Talk to people who've been coming around here for years and years and years. They've heard me. I mean, Mark Mason, Mark and Chris, you guys have heard me tell the same stories for year after year after year. They still love them in Jesus' name. At, ask them privately afterwards, right? Our leaf is always green. It doesn't matter. We're not moved by outward things. It says, and shall not be careful in the year of drought. I live a life 
See, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. The love of God will compel you to give. We give based on the leading of the Holy Spirit, not on anything outward. Right? I mean, we, we as a church family, we as individuals, God, we look to him and we prosper. We don't, we're not moved by circumstances anymore. See, you're made that way. You're not made to be stressed out, to be worried. Your body is not created to handle worry. It creates all kinds of physical problems. You'll not be careful in the year of drought, and neither shall you cease from yielding fruit. Isn't that good news? When you trust in the natural world, your position to fail, trusting, here's a big thing, when you trust in yourself, it will create, or, or trusting in man, it'll create bitterness in you. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a frail kingdom. But when you trust in the Lord, you could have full confidence. This is what we're talking about. I hope today, if you leave with nothing else, that you just sit here and go, okay. That pastor, he, he, he shared a picture about God that, man, that's somebody I want to know. And so that you'll dive into the word of God because that's how you know him. And I'm telling you, as you dive in, he dives in. He can't violate your will, so you have to make the first step. Actually, he made the first step. We're celebrating it. Right? We'll celebrate it. Well, he came to earth. Why? To live and die for you. In Easter, when he said it was finished, it was finished. Satan's finished. It's all finished. He made the first move. Now he says, you draw near to me, and I'll always draw near to you. Isn't that good news? When you trust God, you're empowered to succeed. The blessing of the Lord is released in your life when you trust him. The blessing of God cannot be released in your life if you don't trust him. Because he'd have to violate your will and he can't do that. Why? Because he said he wouldn't. Does that make sense? So I want to read a few scriptures just to, as we close this down. I want to read a few scriptures to give you a picture of what the Word of God says about trusting Him. In Psalm 18.2, Psalm 18.2, it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I trust. My buckler, that means my protector, my shield. It says, and the horn, that word horn literally means power. He is the power of my salvation, and he's my high tower. What is that? An inaccessible place of refuge. That's what that word means. There's a place I have in him where the enemy can't touch me. Isn't that good news? Wow. Psalm 34, 7 says this, The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him. This word fear, it literally means that reverence and honor and respect him above everything else in their life. As I, wherever I go, see, when I get in a car, I don't have to ask God Hey, can you put your angels about me? No, no, no. I live a life. Father, I thank you 
that I reverence and honor and respect you above all else in life. So I thank you that your angel encamps round about me. But it even gets better. It says, and delivers them. Angels just stand around, don't stand around doing anything. I love in the Bible when it talks about angels. They always have to say, fear not. Because they're probably pretty intense looking, right? They, they are on our side. They're actually sent forth from God to minister to us and for us as heirs of salvation. In the 112th Psalm, in verse 7 and 8, it says this. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. This man will not be afraid when he hears of stuff that could possibly happen. Why? His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. My heart, see, when I trust in myself, my heart's departing from the Lord. But when, my, when I'm trusting in the Lord, my heart is fixed. This literally means I'm immovable. I'm immovable now. I can't be moved. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established and then it goes on, it says, he shall not be afraid, and then it keeps going. Isn't that good news? If I trust in him. Trusting God is the key to changing every area of your life. And to trust him, you must know him. And the only way to know him is, is through his word. So when, we, when you come here, this is why you hear the word of God, Right? If, if I ever start preaching nice little internet sermons and stories and, and everything, you could laugh and everything. And, and then as you're leaving, just go by, Pastor. We'll pray for you, but we got to go find some place that's going to preach the word to us. The word of God proclaimed under the anointing of God, saturated with the love of God. God never, the Bible even says, he, he upbraids us not. That means he doesn't get down on you for the mess you've created. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever done something wrong? Do you, do you ever notice? It's never God that gets mad at you. You get mad at yourself, and then Satan's there throwing all the gas on that fuel. Yeah, you're right. You are an idiot. You know, and I mean, that's what happened. But God, God is like this. He's like, hey, don't worry about where you are. Come on, just come with me. Leave that behind. Let's go. I've got, I've got a better life for you. That's what he does. That's who he is. In the 121st Psalm, and you hear me quote this a lot, I love this one. In verse 1 and 2, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides. That means it lives and stands forever. Oh, over in Israel, Jerusalem is built on Mount Zion. And I got to tell you, they're surrounded by all these nations. There's nations down there. There are thousands of missiles pointed at Israel, pointed at Jerusalem. All this end time prophecy surrounds that. Thousands of missiles. And I got to tell you, it will abide forever. Israel will never be defeated. Right? Why? Because it's Mount Zion. God says it cannot, it, it literally, not that it won't be removed, it can't be removed. And it will abide forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. So that means my God is not only in me, but he's around me. Forever. 
Isaiah 43.1 says this, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Now remember, Israel in the Old Testament is a type of the church. O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. Isn't that good news? I have called you by name. You are mine. That's what God says. When you pass through the waters, bummer about this, it doesn't say if you pass through the waters, it says when. That's the way this life is. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, not if again, but when, they shall not overflow you. When, bummer, not if, you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. And then it says this, For I am the Lord, thy God, the Holy One of Israel, and I'm your Savior. So I'm sitting here and going, okay, the bad news is, I'm going to walk through waters, rivers, fire. The good news is, he's with me and it will not affect me. It's, isn't that awesome? Isn't it awesome to know you're sitting here, you've come to this church, and you're hearing the truth from God's word that says you'll never face anything that could take you out. Wow. Looking to God in everything you face, it builds confidence in him and prepares you for the next storm you'll face. Let me say that again. Looking to God in everything that you face prepares you for the next storm. It builds trust in him. And so I'll close with this scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. All of it. God wants all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't rely on you trying to figure it out. But in all your ways, consider him. Acknowledge him. That means consider him. And now the Bible says he will direct your paths. Now you know what a director does, right? When in a movie, he's directing everything. Dave, Daphne was down here. They were directing, right? Did you notice as Daphne was directing, did you notice how she was speaking? This is how God will direct your paths. If you trust in him with all your heart, if you don't lean on your own understanding, if you consider him in everything, now he will give you the words to speak and they'll be his words and they will direct your life. That's how it works. So never forget, God loves you. Amen?